It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the, the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Rush. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible! Older Here we go, taking it home on a Tuesday. It is the Sports Rush. I feel like we should change the song to SNOW in the USA because it seems like that's what everybody is talking about today. Yes, we're going to have a snowfall. Might be a significant so snowfall, but not one of those can't get out of the house for the next two days. But yet everybody's running to the store to make sure they've got a week's worth of bread and milk. Uh, a lot coming up on today's show. We'll talk more about the weather and what to expect. We're going to uh, chat with Liz Braden from 21 Alive Morning uh, Meteorologist. Uh, we're going to check in with her to get the very latest on what's happening with the snow. When is it going to start? What's it going to be like for our morning commute to get into work? Uh, are we going to expect to be able to make it to work? And then what will the day be like? Now, you know, there's plenty of different types of snowfalls. And first of all, I don't know, you know, well, I do know. You don't remember the blizzard of 78. Can't say that I do, No, Brian. you don't. Uh, it's kind of crazy to think because, I mean, didn't seem like it was that long ago where you could talk to just about anybody about the blizzard of 78. They had blizzard of 78 stories. Now I've got to look around for all the gray-haired <laughs> folks. Do you remember the blizzard of 78? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but... But the blizzard of 78, which does date me, but I was uh, I, I was in grade school. I had a basketball game the night that the storm was supposed to hit. Uh, and uh, I remember after the game, the conversation about we should run to the store and make sure we pick up some, you know, bread, milk. Everybody has to go get their eggs, bread, milk, whatever it might be. And I had, of course, at, at that age, you know, seventh, eighth grade, you're not following weather uh I, you know I, all i would care about is if it meant we didn't have school and uh i was informed yes there's a big snowstorm that's coming and uh you know it might be it might be kind of tough traveling out of the house tomorrow so and i thought oh okay well maybe i'll get a school delay yeah you know well it woke up the next day and you know, my, my droggy self, I'm dragging myself through the house to the shower. My dad stops me as I get into the living room, as I'm walking through the house to the front. We have we had two bathrooms. One was in the front of the house. One was way in the back of the house. I was going to my, the man's bathroom, right, which was the one <laughs> in the front of the house. It's going to the man's bathroom. Right man's bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, it was like brown and beige. The other one was pink. <laughs> 
But uh, as I'm getting as I'm getting to the bathroom, my dad says, "I don't think you need to take a shower. You're not going anywhere." I said, "What?" Is this, I said, "School closed," and he opened up the windows, and the snow literally was higher than the window, the living room window. Wow. Yeah, we're talking four, five-foot drifts, and that was just the overnight snow. We ended up with like 40-some inches of snow. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, it was up to almost your waist trying to dig out, and we spent, I think, three days in the house before we were finally able to get a neighbor who had a four-wheel drive uh, to get us out into the store. Because even when we bought the extra milk, we didn't buy it for like... The whole, you know, we bought enough that we thought, well, if we don't get out the next day, so, um, so I got sent to the store. But, but anyway, that, and you know what the day was for that? That was, I believe, January twenty sixth, nineteen seventy eight. Coming so, up on the anniversary, almost, yeah, almost to the day. Mm-hmm. How many years is that? Forty five. You're asking me to do math on the fly here, Brett. That's that's above. I you know. I tried to do it on the fly in my head. Forty five years to the day of the blizzard of seventy eight, son. <laughs> it was bad. We got a text on the text line saying they remember the blizzard of seventy eight. So you're not alone. Yeah, and they even have a cell phone. How about that? <laughs> it's like somebody that knows the blizzard and has a cell phone and knows how to text. Uh, no, it's, it was a while ago. Yes. But uh, a lot of people probably remember the blizzard of 78 and I'm not exaggerating when I'm saying there was four to five foot drifts all over. Now, see, I can get down with that as a snowboarder where Um, I used to go every winter would get 50 feet of snow a year. Oh, really? Yeah. Where at? Uh, the Northern Island of Japan. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they would they would get a lot of snow. So I, I I mean I would be out there trying to go to Shove Park. I mean some places are you know the ski resorts and stuff they get the snow nonstop, uh, but forty some inches of snow coming they're, down overnight in the course of you know eight hours or whatever it did. And they're built for it. They they have you know everybody has their own little mini plow. So every car comes with a plow with the front grill. <laughs> Everyone has their own little mini bobcat actually type. Really? Yeah, type excavator type thing. Um, yeah. well that was and so it was almost the anniversary of that. And you know what? there was another anniversary last week I forgot to even bring up. I, I it completely spaced my mind uh, and we're talking about anniversaries. Do you know what our the anniversary on January 16th was? No, I don't. 7 years of the Sports Rush. Oh, well there you go. Our show debut was 7 years ago. So now we've got the seven-year itch. We got through the seven-year cycle. Uh, but, yeah, seven years ago, January 16th, 2016, we went on in January, and that November was the Mastodons win over Indiana at the Coliseum. So we had a pretty good first year. But, uh, yeah, D.C. was the producer for the first five. Yeah. And then a year of Caleb, and now you've been here I would say maybe six months. Okay. It, it seems like an eternity. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but uh, anyway, no, it's great to have you here, Adam. Uh, 46862, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. But we will get down to the final uh, forecast as far as what they're expecting with the snow coming up. Oh, probably 10, 15 minutes or so. We'll talk to Liz Braid. Yeah, we got a couple of quick texts about it, too. Uh, they said, we got one that said, I was around for it. I was five, but remember, we had drifts up to the roof. 
Yeah. And then someone else said, hey, Brett, I remember it well. Lived by you in Northcrest, old friend. Ah, that's probably... Uh, From Hal. Mr. Oh, Hal. Yeah. Okay, that, yeah. Now, see, but, but what Hal may not remember is I actually moved like the year before the blizzard of 78. We grew up together in Northcrest, uh, right across the street from one another. But um, we bought, at the time, I thought we were buying an estate, you know, in the suburbs. <laughs> we bought like we we bought like a 1,500-square-foot ranch, you know. But after growing up in a house that had like 900 total square feet, three-bedroom, mm. and not knowing that that was like a living in a closet – uh, when we bought that new house and I actually could walk all the way around my bed, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, I felt like the fresh prince, you know? It, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's good to have Hal checking in. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. All right, so the Colts have had plenty of quantity looking for their next head coach, but do they have quality? Well, we all know Dan Quinn is probably the biggest name on the list. And the Colts look to be trying to go move further to step two with Dan Quinn, but he is a defensive coach, which does certainly surprise me. Now, unless the Colts, in, in their strange way of thinking, are like, hey, Dan Quinn and Matt Ryan won or went to a Super Bowl together, almost won. We all remember 28 to 3. But I I don't I don't know at this point. I'm surprised they're looking defensive coach, although the most qualified of applicants might be Dan Quinn because he's a pre previous head coach and uh, has run a pretty successful defense with the Dallas Cowboys. But um, I still think if you're going to draft a quarterback, you've got to have an offensive minded coach that can groom and develop that quarterback as quickly as possible. And, uh, We'll see what happens, but the Colts have plenty of quantity. Uh, first of all, we know it will not be Sean Payton. Uh, Sean Payton has not even interviewed with the Colts. He's interviewed with like four other teams with openings. The Colts have not been one of them. And Sean Payton, it looks to me like the Broncos are the leaders right now for Sean Payton. It seems like they are willing to pay him. They... If they have the assets that they can make a deal, you know, they gave away so much of, of their draft stock when they got Russell Wilson. But if they can make the deal to trade with New Orleans to get the rights to Sean Payton, I think Sean Payton's going to end up being the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Uh, it seems like everybody is on board with that. It's just a matter of working out the details. And I think money's not going to be an issue because they will pay him. Uh, I think, you know, the new ownership group, it's, uh, it's Walmart money. So plenty of money there. And, uh, it's just a matter of, do they have the draft capital to work out a trade that's going to satisfy the New Orleans Saints? But, uh, but you look at some of the names on the Colts list. And first of all, I found this, uh, kind of fascinating that Kevin Bowen, who we will talk to in hour number two, uh, he tweeted earlier today that there's now odds on the next Colts head coach and easily leading as the favorite to become the next permanent head coach is Jeff Saturday. And I know we just got a groan or a uh from a lot of Colts fans when I said that. 
Jeff Saturday is plus 150. Eric Bieniemy is listed right now as the second favorite at plus 375. D'Amico Ryans, who didn't even complete his interview over the weekend because he canceled uh, with the Colts because he wanted to focus on the game. Uh, he's the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. He is third at plus 650. Dan Quinn comes in at plus 750. Is there a name? Oh, let me first ask this. If I gave you, okay, the Colts have had 12, 13, 14, whatever the number is of interviews. These four names, Saturday, Biennemi, Ryan's, Quinn. I could give you these four or the field. What are you taking? In other words, will the Colts head coach come from this group or not? 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. Saturday, Biennemi, Ryan's, Quinn. They are the four. Now, here's what you got to keep an eye on because the, the lines have not been moving that much. Remember what happened with Indiana when they had their head coaching search? All of a sudden, in about a 24-hour period, Mike Woodson went from, I don't even know if he had odds, to all of a sudden becoming the favorite. Vegas got some inside information. So if you see somebody that the Colts have interviewed all of a sudden shoot up like crazy, like if Dan Quinn all of a sudden uh, by tonight is plus 150 co-favorite with Jeff Saturday, then that means they're hearing something and that Dan Quinn is likely to become the next Colts head coach. And so keep an eye on the numbers. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. By the way, the Colts, or uh, Southside football, has a new coach. Replacing uh, Guy Tiny Lee, it's Andre Goodwell. Of course, the Goodwell name, pretty synonymous with basketball in this area. Uh, Juanita Goodwell, the Southside girls basketball coach. And then you've got David Goodwell, who is the girls basketball coach up at Cherubusco. Does a lot of uh, one-on-one training. But Andre Goodwell has uh, accepted the position and been approved by the school board to become the next head football coach of the Southside Archers. Now, one coach that lost his job today uh, reports, Jeff Goodman among those reporting, that the Green Bay Phoenix of the Horizon League have cut ties with Will Ryan, Bo Ryan's son, of course, in Wisconsin, the Ryan name, pretty powerful because of the success that Bo had at Wisconsin. Um, but Will Ryan got this job three years ago, and it's kind of odd that it's midseason. I mean, I know the Phoenix have struggled. Um, Will Ryan was 29-74, and 74, and Green Bay actually was uh, in the NCAA tournament, I believe like four years ago, maybe five years ago, uh, just before Will Ryan got there. In fact, the coach got hired away because of their success, and Will Ryan took over, and the program's been nothing but uh, in the dumpster since he took over in Green Bay. 29-74, and 13-37 in his two and a half seasons at Green Bay. So he's been there, this is third season. 13-37, uh, and 37 including, uh, what is it, three wins, four wins, something like that this year. They got one Horizon League win, I know, because they beat IUPUI head-to-head. 
But uh, that news came down, and I guess the surprising part of it is that Will Ryan was terminated as the head coach of Green Bay during the season. Yeah, I guess I, they're putting a stand to, up to it. They're two and nineteen on the season. Two and nineteen. Um, and like you said, their last uh, Division One tournament appearance was in twenty sixteen. They were a fourteenth seed, and they seven lost seven years ago. I, gosh, yeah, time has flown. They lost to Texas A and M by almost thirty points in well, the first round. But that happens because if you end up with a fifteen or sixteen seed, you end up taking on a pretty good power conference team, and it can get out of hand. Yes, but still. But the point is, they made the NCAA tournament from the Horizon League, and now they've been a bottom feeder for the last three seasons under Will Ryan, and Green Bay's decided enough is enough. Now let's find out what else is happening in the world of sports. It is time for today's Top Headlines. All right, let's get into today's top headlines. The Indianapolis Colts are among the suitors that are seeking a second-round interview with Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. However, the Arizona Cardinals are flying in Quinn tonight for a second interview in person for their head coaching position. After parting ways with offensive coordinator Greg Roman last week, the Baltimore Ravens reportedly have a few big names in mind to be his replacement. This, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, the candidates on the radar for Baltimore include former Indianapolis Colts head coach Frank Reich. Mm. Mike Clevenger, a starting pitcher who signed with the Chicago White Sox earlier this offseason, is under investigation for violating Major League Baseball's domestic violence policy. This investigation stems from allegations made by a woman who accused Clevenger of physical and emotional abuse towards his three children and their two mothers, herself included. And American skier Michaela Schifrin won a record 83rd World Cup race Tuesday. Schifrin's giant slalom victory broke a tie on the women's career list with her former American teammate, Lindsey Vaughn. So congratulations to Michaela Schifrin. There you go. Today's top headlines with Adam Lundy. Hey, you know, spring is just around the corner. That means spring fashions are heading to your favorite clothier. And uh, it's time for a winter inventory clearance sale. At my new best friend, Christopher James Menswear. You know, they, you know, I loved it. Just went in there and they treated me with such respect. It wasn't about the bank account. It was more about the need and giving me personal service to get me fixed up in a suit that made me look like a million bucks without me having to spend it. Uh, it was a great experience. And right now you can save and get that same feeling I got at Christopher James Menswear in Covington Plaza. They've got discounts of 40 to 50% on suits, sport coats, pants, sportswear, shoes, and more. That's 40 to 50% off. It's a great time to get that wardrobe updated or to get that special suit that you can put in the closet and you can always have your go-to when you've got maybe a special business meeting, uh, maybe you've got... Uh, uh, a wedding to go to, whatever the occasion might be. It's always nice to have that suit where you know it's going to be in fashion, stylish, fit well, and look like an expensive suit. Uh, you'll feel better in it. And so go, go ahead, check it out at Christopher James Menswear because you can save 40 to 50% on name brands like Canali, Meyer, Peter Millar, Johnny O, Magnani, and more. 40 to 50% off the Christopher James Menswear Winter Sale with personal service guiding you through the process at Christopher James Menswear, 
style, and service are always in fashion. They're in Covington Plaza, West Jefferson at Getz. Coming off a big win at Wright State, we won't have Coach Maria Marcasano on the Coach Show tonight. She's got bigger duties. One of her 2023 recruits has senior night tonight. And so she will be away having senior night uh, at uh, an area high school. And so we will have Solaire Starks and Shay Sellers will both represent the women's basketball program. We're also going to have men's basketball coach John Kaufman, who I understand is bringing a player, but that's still a mystery to me as far as who the player is going to be. And then Ryan Rock Herat, the men's volleyball coach, and they've gotten off to a great start. And John Diedrich has gotten off to uh, personally a great start to his season And we'll talk about the awards, the honors, and the success on the court for men's volleyball with Rock Parat. That's all coming up on the Mastodon's Coaches Show right after the Sports Rush. 6 o'clock, live at the Holiday Inn, Purdue-Fort Wayne. Stop by, grab a bite to eat, maybe an after-work beverage at the Mastodon Grill, which is just inside the main lobby doors. Uh, it's a it's a nice little establishment. It's got a nice seating area, great bar area, uh, and we'll be broadcasting the show live from there starting at 6 and right on the airwaves as well on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Uh, so... So we were talking about the blizzard and got some uh, got some old timers that weighed in on the text line, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line at four six eight six two. Our good buddy Truck and Phil, he remembers blizzard of seventy eight. He certainly does. Says uh, that there would snow drifts in the driveway covering his father's vehicle up to the second story. Yeah. And uh, another one said it was a good time to be a kid. Then they had uh, snow forts that that you could walk through. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was uh, six to eight feet of snow, primarily from the drifts, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but, but still you get 44 inches of snow and then, you know, double it with drifts. That's like 80 some inches. So you've got like seven feet of snow drifting. Up. I mean, it was crazy. 46862 Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Uh, I don't think. We are going to get quite that amount. Not quite. But we do want to find out exactly what we're uh, going to be expecting here. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, welcome our next guest on the Masters Heating and Cooling Hotline. And joining us right now on the Masters Heating and Cooling Hotline to talk about what is happening with this weather. We are pleased to have 21 Alive meteorologist, morning meteorologist. You can catch her early mornings on 21 Alive. It is Liz Brayton. Good afternoon, Liz. Hey, how are you? I'm good. It is like Christmas for a meteorologist. It is storm (laughs) season, and we've got one coming in. Uh, Tell me the details. What's the latest we know? What is going to hit us, and when should we expect it? Yeah, well, I would say this is pretty much a medium-sized event. I hate to say big snow because big snow I kind of reserve for the double-digit totals, right? Mm. But nonetheless, a medium-sized event, we really haven't had one since last year. We've been needing snow. We've been missing it. So at this point, winter is back, and it's in full force. It's pretty much arriving first thing tomorrow morning. In fact, by the morning commute tomorrow, that's when snow is really going to start to be more widespread. 
So say about 4, 5, 6 a.m., that's when snow is first starting to fall in the city. And it's going to start out with a little bit of a light coating. We saw earlier this week, it really doesn't take a whole lot when it comes to that light coating to make things slick outside. But really, the heaviest snow tomorrow is going to be during the late morning into the afternoon hours. And that's where we could see snowfall rates up to an inch per hour. When everything's said and done by the evening hours, we should be starting to wrap up. But all in all, we're looking at about four to seven inches of snow. So this certainly is going to pack a punch, but it's going to be a daytime event for us. Apparently, that's a meteorologist thing that you're going, you're missing the snow. You said we definitely <laughs> missed it. Uh, hey, some of us- we've had a deficit. I will say <laughs> starting out this year, it certainly has not felt like January in Indiana by any means. No, no. And uh, quite honestly, I've enjoyed it. Uh, but... <laughs> But tomorrow morning we get up. Uh, how bad will it be? What what will the road conditions be like? Are we going to be able to get out and travel? What should we expect morning drive? I think the morning drive is going to be a little bit on the cautious side, but I, I wouldn't say it's going to be horrible, especially because temperatures tonight aren't going to dip too much. We should be able to pre-treat roads, plows, crews. They've already known about this event. They've been ready to go, and they're going to be around the clock. So I think, if anything, the biggest trouble spots for the morning commute are likely going to be close to home, getting in and out of the neighborhoods, the side streets. Those are usually the secondary or last concerns. So highways and all that, I would say, of course, that's something you need to take on the cautious side. But we should be okay during the morning because the snow is just ramping up in the morning. Later in the morning into the afternoon, that's when we really start to see things rack up. Okay, I uh, I play amateur meteorologist because I took a meteorology class in college. So I'm going to throw my two cents in here. Normally, these events become worse and more treacherous as far as travel when you get the really cold air and the winds because that allows that snow to kind of blow and stay on the roads and it makes it very difficult for cleanup. What are the temperatures going to do when this storm goes through? Uh, will they be able to get roads plowed and keep them from refreezing? Yeah, I think the big concern is that in mind, especially when we had Christmas weekend to deal with. I will say our winds tomorrow are looking for gusts anywhere from 25 to 30 miles per hour. Certainly not extreme winds, but still breezy. The thing we have going for us is that the consistency of our snow tomorrow is going to be kind of a heavy, wet snow. Mm -hmm. That's because temperatures are going to be really close to freezing. We're not going to be dealing with temperatures in the low 20s to where it's a powdery, fine snow. So because we have a little bit of weight to the snow and winds aren't necessarily at extreme levels, we'll have some snowing, uh, snow blowing and drifting, especially in open rural areas. But I'm not expecting it to be a huge widespread concern. And uh, just taking a peek past the storm tomorrow, it should end sometime in the afternoon. Is that right? It's looking like at this point by the evening, we should be really wrapping up with the bulk of the snow. Although I will say We kind of are dealing with, I like to call it a winter circulation. We're keeping up with the possibility of snow showers Wednesday night through Thursday. And even into this weekend, we have another chance for snow showers. And really in the extended forecast, we're keeping up with temperatures in the 30s, more chances for snow. So anything we're getting tomorrow is likely going to stay on the ground for the next few days. So you're not going to be waiting around to uh, (laughs) do the shoveling or anything past the weekend or anything. Well, that's good. We won't miss it for very long. We'll keep getting it. Uh, That'll be really nice. Liz, appreciate you jumping on with us to fill us in on what to expect. Thank you so much. And and we'll catch you in the morning's 21 Alive morning news. All right. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. Liz Braden. Meteorologist 21 Alive joining us on the Masters Heating and Cooling Hotline. And, of course, it doesn't sound like it's going to be the blizzard of 78. Not quite.
Memories of the blizzard of 78 for our older guests that have joined us on this program today. Yeah, the best I've got is the ice storm that we had. and Sharing stories. It's like having a Facebook group on radio. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was something. Every time we have any kind of significant snow. Now, like Liz said, this is going to be more of a, a medium event. It's not going to be a run to, with panic to the grocery store and buy everything for the next month that you're going to be hunkered no. down until mid-February. Uh, so... You know, it sounds to me like it's one of those events where it will be a lot of snow. It's going to be a nuisance. But, you know, when snow comes down, um, heavy, wet, and steady, but not like a dumping that all happens really. Usually, usually you can keep up with it with, with the plow. So the main drags usually stay pretty clear. And the other thing that I asked was about the temperatures. Because what you don't want is a plow to go through, take out the snow, leave the wet, and then have the temperature so cold that that wet freezes. And so it doesn't sound like we'll have that either. So I'm not expecting that this is going to be the Snowmageddon event of 2023. Certainly glad to hear that. I, I'm Right now, I am guessing that in 2067, we will not be on the Sports Rush talking about do you remember the blizzard of 2023? <laughs> so I'm just going to say that out now. That was that the year the- we had Saturday, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was the year the Colts hired Jeff Saturday to be their coach. Uh, what a mistake that was. Yeah, 46862 Parkview Sports Medicine text line. We're going to talk to Kevin Bowen about the hiring of the next Colts coach. We've got him coming on the show around 520. Uh, coming up next, we're going to start talking about some of the matchups of these uh, NFL playoffs. It's uh, you know big weekend because we're going to find out who gets to advance to the Super Bowl. And I don't know if we'll make picks yet. You know, I'm off a couple of days. I need to save that. <laughs> I don't know. I got to get my picks in, but I also want to want to give it time to find out what's happening with Patrick Mahomes. One of the big question marks. Yeah. But uh, no, we'll talk a little bit about that. Still coming up too. We'll talk about Mike Bray's successor responding to the morning show guys, Caleb and Kenny in the morning. Uh, they talked about this, and I, I've got an idea for Notre Dame and Jack Swarbrick. I think I know the man. To take over at Notre Dame. But I'll have to give it to you in hour number two. Oh, you know what else it is? It's Tuesday. Tuesday, time capsule trivia. Uh, what is my winning streak at right now? It's at zero, Brett. That would be at zero. Uh, so I've got to get a win. Uh, I think I've lost. <laughs> I don't think I've won in 2023. I don't, I don't, I would, I don't think you have either. I don't think I have. It's been a, it's been a bad 2023 so far. So, uh, I will, we will have Tuesday time capsule trivia coming up just after five o'clock. So a lot still happening here on this Tuesday edition of the sports rush on 1380, the fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Brett Rump with Adam Lundy. Coming up uh, tomorrow night, we've got Mastodon's basketball. They'll take on their in-state rival for the final time this year, unless they meet in the Horizon League tournament. But it's IUPUI. They'll make the trip into Fort Wayne. And tomorrow's game's going to be at the Gates Center. 
And if you haven't attended a game at the Gate Center, man, it's a great atmosphere for college basketball because it's a smaller venue. And if you look at attendances for most of the Horizon League games, I mean, we just went to two arenas that were 11,000 uh, 11, each, right? And uh, Wright State, the Nutter Center, fantastic facility. Their big draw, they've got, I went on the Nutter Center uh, website and saw their big draw at Wright State is the Judds, the farewell tour of some sort. And, uh, of course, Naomi Judd passed away, but it's Winona that is still out touring. And so it's basically a Winona Judds, a Winona Judd concert, but she's still paying tribute to her mother. Um, and so it's, it's a good sized facility. And, uh, and then we went down to Highland Heights, Kentucky, where Northern Kentucky has an on-campus arena that is just fantastic. I mean, it's two levels. The bottom level holds probably 5,000 or better. The upper level adds another five or 6,000. And, um, and ideally, if you saw, I, I, did I post the video? I don't remember if I even posted the video from Northern Kentucky, but the video from Northern Kentucky that shows the lower bowl with these suites in the middle section, you could just take that and it would be perfect for a downtown arena or an on-campus arena. Wouldn't be a terrible idea for the Mastodons. Um, but, uh, cause it would hold about 5,000. But if you look at the attendance figures for the Horizon League teams, You've got uh, the Wolstein Center in uh, Cleveland at Cleveland State, and that holds, I think, 15,000. But yet they curtain a bunch of it off, much like they do with the Coliseum. And most of these teams are drawing somewhere between 1,700 and 3,500 fans. Okay. And, uh, and so an arena that holds four to 5,000 is really perfect. So, you know, some people, oh, well, you know, it seems kind of uh, empty at the Coliseum. Well, it kind of is. But that's that's pretty much what you expect in the Horizon League, that most of the games are attended by somewhere between 1,700 and, and 3,000 or so fans. I think we had 2,600 or something like that at Wright State. Uh, I think we might have had 3,000 at Northern Kentucky for a Saturday game. Um, but... Uh, but and, and Northern Kentucky's cool too because it's got an attached parking garage. So not only do you have this big arena, but imagine the Memorial Coliseum if the parking lot was a big parking garage where you had a walkway right into the arena, because that's what they have in Northern Kentucky. Um, so anyway, we're going to be at the Gate Center, which means it's a rare opportunity to kind of get up close and personal with Division One college basketball. And IUPUI has struggled this year mightily. They lost to Green Bay, and Green Bay's fired their coach. Um, but uh, hopefully the Mastodons, it's kind of like, it makes you a little nervous because the Mastodons versus IUPUI is like IU versus Minnesota. You kind of just expect or assume that that's going to be a win, and you can never assume that. And it's probably good I'm not playing because it would be hard for me not to not to think about the fact that, hey, this is a team that hasn't won a game all year um, against a D1 team. Yeah, oh, but uh, last weekend IUPUI, by the way, did force Oakland into overtime. Right, and and they gave uh, Detroit Mercy a little bit of a battle. Yeah, and they do have a better overall record. They're three and eighteen. Then uh, yeah, but I think 
well, they might have one D1 win. I they think do. they've got two non-D1 wins. Correct. Their one D1 win is over the Texas A&M Commerce. Oh, that happened here. Lions. Oh, so their one D1 win just happened to be right here in Fort Wayne. Watch out. So they are one and one. You can throw the record out. They're one and one in Fort Wayne. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> they lost to uh, Southern Indiana as part of that uh, Indiana Indiana Classic, and then they beat uh, Texas A&M Commerce. Four six eight six two is Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Four six eight six two. So the NFL playoffs continue on. Now we've got the conference championships. Carl Sheppers, by the way, was announced as the Super Bowl referee. And I I heard it on my way in, so I never even had a chance to look up. I'm sure he's done other Super Bowls. He's one of the more experienced veteran refs in the NFL. And you always know one of the four officials that works the divisional round is going to be the Super Bowl official. You just don't know which one of those four until they make the official announcement that following week. And today they announce that it's Carl Sheffers. How excited are you about Rihanna? As the halftime performance. I'm looking forward to it. I hope she brings out her boyfriend, ASAP Rocky, because I like his rap music. Who the heck is that? Just told you. <laughs> but no, I'm looking forward to her performance. I think it'll be a lot of fun. She has a lot of popular, exciting songs. I really hope she does her, her song Umbrella. I'm going to start coming back at you when you're talking about all these young, <laughs> hip people. Uh, I'm going to come back at you with, remember the blizzard of 78, my son? <laughs> uh, because, I, I, yeah, I got nothing when you talk. By the way, Carl Sheffers, um, this will be the second time in three seasons he's done it, and it'll be the third in the past seven years. Yeah, so, so he's been kind of a Super Bowl regular, and that's based on performance ratings during the course of the season, the top-performing referee gets honored as uh, being the Super Bowl ref. Do you know where the Super Bowl is this year? Arizona. Yep, out in the Phoenix area. Uh, 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line. So you've got the Cincinnati Bengals on the road to Kansas City. High ankle sprain for Patrick Mahomes. They're not going to tell us yeah. anything negative about it. Nope. And yet, I, I there's no possible way that Patrick Mahomes has the mobility that makes him special. His ability to spin and, and work his way out of traffic in the pocket, to be able to get space, open space where he can extend plays and create time for his receivers to get open. That's the game for Mahomes. That's got to be taken away, even if he plays. That part of his game is going to be non-existent. I can't imagine that he's going to be real effective in the pocket. Remember when he had, because he had a hurt ankle, I think, when the Colts played him. And the Colts were all over him because you could just pin him into the pocket. And what he would normally do when he would feel that pressure is he would spin out or get out of trouble. And he couldn't do it. He ended up just wilting in the pocket. Because he's not a tall quarterback. And he has trouble throwing sometimes from a collapsing pocket. So I think Cincinnati's pinning their ears back. They're coming from the edges. And they're not going to be too worried about Patrick Mahomes taking off on the run. Because regardless of how well you can, or the fact you can play, doesn't mean you can play well. And I, I was on Cincinnati before the Patrick Mahomes injury. 
I'm on Cincinnati even more. Vegas is now with me because I think, didn't it open? Kansas City was like a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Because the last I checked, Cincinnati is now a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I think because of that injury, the line has moved. And I don't know if Vegas moved it or if the money moved it, but it is now two-and-a-half points, Cincinnati the favorite, at Kansas City on the road. Um, One thing interesting about these four teams that's playing this week, all four of them have a quarterback that they drafted. All four. Three of them were number one or or first-round picks. And Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, uh, and Patrick Mahomes, all first-round picks, still playing for the team that drafted them, and look at where they're at, playing for the right to get to the Super Bowl. In fact, we know one of those quarterbacks, either Burrow or Mahomes, will make it to the Super Bowl. And whoever makes it, it will be multiple Super Bowls for that quarterback. That's why it's so important for the Colts sitting in the top, you know, handful of picks to get their guy, get their quarterback. Because that's that's the way teams are building success. They're drafting a quarterback. They're not doing what the Colts have done over the last three years and trying to patch with the best available free agent quarterback. No, you draft, you build, and you surround them with talent. And it has worked with a lot of number one picks. Josh Allen, Herbert, both made the playoffs. Uh, Tua has had success at Miami. They made the playoffs. You know, so you go around the league and you look, and even the number one picks that we scrutinized still seem to find a way two or three years later to make it to the playoffs. So I like Cincinnati over Kansas City. Then it becomes San Francisco against Philadelphia. I hate to take two road teams, but I think San Francisco is on a magical run. And, boy, this is going to be a heck of a game because it's so balanced. I mean, San Francisco is balanced offensively, defensively, run, pass. All those facets, they're very balanced. Philadelphia, same way. They can run it. They can pass it. They've got a quarterback that can scramble. And let's not underestimate Brock Purdy's ability to escape the pocket and turn in some some chain-moving first-down runs. Um, I I don't know yet. I really don't know on this one. I, I lean toward San Francisco. But as I said, I can't imagine two visiting teams will win the two games. Yeah, I think I, I took the Eagles in my original bracket just because I've been impressed with their play throughout the season so far. And I did take the Chiefs. Um, this was before the injury to Patrick Mahomes, of course. My only consolation. And, and before you knew they were playing the Bengals because your yeah. your uh, pick had the Bills advancing over the Bengals. It did. But you took the Chiefs to win this round. And you had the Chiefs and the 49ers, or Eagles. I'm yeah. sorry, Chiefs and Eagles. Yes. The two number one seeds. Way to go out on the limb. Thank you. Yeah. My only consolation for the Chiefs is chalk, that uh, chalk, chalk. Reed said that this ankle sprain was less severe than the one he sustained for week one 2019. 
that he played through. And in that game, he threw 25 of 33 for 378 yards and three touchdowns. I just don't know what to believe. It was against the Jaguars of the 2019 season, though. That was a bad football team. So there you go. All right, who you got? Let us know. 46862. Who do you like in the uh, conference championships? The Eagles or the 49ers? And then the Chiefs and the Bengals. Those are the two games. Give us your picks. 46862. We'll take a timeout when we come back. We've got Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia coming up. It's your chance to pick up a large pizza to Pizza Hut. That is next right here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.